0: Can I offer a lesson, too? Meals are better when shared.
1: Oh, my God.
2: I was,
3: I was going to... I wrote down that quote. It's so good. That is true. I've eaten a lot of um, in in this quarantine, and I could definitely tell you hasn't tasted as well as the random I had traveling back from Thanksgiving with friends. Oh, oh. that's
2: mean. That is not that's a good, good commercial. <laughs> that's a good commercial for me. So, We're yeah. just going to hate the word <laughs> <laughs> I've that's had right. a lot of good poop.
1: <laughs> you like should this.
3: totally do that. <laughs> <laughs> I that's love poop. My favorite poop <laughs> is Boop.
1: and then yeah, then Mike will be like, that's a really good commercial for poop.
3: <laughs> <laughs> now I have to do it. We're going to do it. That's that's really funny. The art of drawing likenesses has been in the Armstrong line for generations! Hello and welcome to Full Metal Analysts, a podcast covering each and every episode of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Hosted by free riders who would absolutely call before asking for maintenance. That's like step number one. <laughs> I'm Michelle and with me here as always is Arthur. How are you doing, Arthur? Doing okay. And Mike. I'm
2: good, too.
3: And today we have a very special guest. She's an artist. You can find her on Instagram and Twitter. Her art has been all over the internet, specifically in the podcast Story Pirates. Please welcome Camilla Franklin. How are you, Camilla?
0: Hi, I'm really happy to be here.
3: Thanks so much for coming. And as always, we start off by asking our guests, Fullmetal Alchemist and you, what's the story?
0: I first was exposed to the series through the manga, which I read probably in middle school. I had a friend who was getting very into manga and anime, and I got sort of lassoed along for the ride. And of all the series that I ended up reading, this was the one that really stuck with me, that I uh, was the most attached to. And I was always a big sort of movie adaptations that change the books are no good purist. And so... (laughs) I never really got into the anime until the Brotherhood came out much, much later. So I have memories of reading the series and waiting for a new chapter to come out each month. And I have a memory of saving the last chapter to read it and then waiting with similar enthusiasm for Brotherhood episodes to be released. With Shonen Series too, so often they just go on indefinitely and never end. Mm-hmm. And so to have a series that actually was building towards something and had a, a big finale and ended, uh, was a very rare and exciting thing to come across.
3: It had been in, in publication for like nine years, right? Yeah. I can hardly imagine waiting nine years to see the end of a story. <laughs> that's, that's like, we, we haven't had that in so long. Like,
2: I think it's really nice that, that it, that it is something, I mean, even, you know, especially cause I'm looking forward to it, but, um that it is something that actually has like this nine year arc that you can follow. I mean, that's pretty cool. That's, I think that's pretty rare when, when you have these long form stories that go on, sometimes it feels like they get ground into the, into the dust before, you know, they get juiced completely before the end. And then they just sort of flop, you know, it's, it's neat that they built towards something. It's really cool.
3: So Camilla, you're the only person here who's read the manga, which means I have to ask, um, what did you think of the anime? I like
0: brotherhood. Uh, it it is a really faithful retelling. And so it feels almost it, it feels much more like the comic put to animation than mm-hmm. most adaptations are. Mm-hmm. I think I notice how snappy the pacing is in comparison to the comics, which you can sort of consume at your own pace. But especially in these early episodes, it's really going from beat to beat to beat. And some of that is really snappy fun jokes in the editing that I can appreciate and some of it is potentially me misremembering things but going back to something that I remember carrying a lot of weight and seeing just how snappily it is conveyed.
1: They have a long time like they they have a lot of episodes as well to to work with.
0: Yeah and it's pretty amazing how many episodes there are and how uh concise the storytelling feels within that there are still intentional moments left to breathe Like a a lot, a lot of them of characters like looking wistfully out of a train window.
3: (laughs) So many of those. I just had one last question for you, which is as an illustrator, as an artist, have you ever drawn any of the Fullmetal Alchemist characters? Do you have a favorite? I am sure
0: that as I was reading the comics, I drew many of the characters because that was one of the things I like about this series is that I like so many of the characters and even the very complicated ones are very enjoyable to read about. And even the ones that are easy to root for have things that make them complicated. My mm-hmm. easy go-to favorite character is a character who I don't believe you have met yet, but whose appearance I believe I might be returning to this podcast for. So I might save <laughs> my enthusiasm for then.
3: That's a little tease for Mike yeah. specifically. I think I know who you're talking about but Mike doesn't, which is the part of the fun. <laughs> oh you know it's
2: it's hen henry henry gaskill no yeah. wow he <laughs> got gaskill harry gaskill
3: that sounds well, that actually Paul sounds
2: henry. like it could
3: be <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah that sounds like a a rugged engineer
2: he's the Harry Harry log alchemist <laughs> i don't even know what that <laughs> means i don't know what that even means <laughs> it Sounds more suggestive than you yeah. intended probably I, I really do think so <laughs> i really do think so <laughs> I am so sorry. I did not mean anything by that.
3: So. <laughs> as we head into discussing the episode, now is the time for us to do our 21-second recap. And as always, it's an improvised recap. And the person who's going to do it is determined by a roll of the dice. We are going to roll a four-sided die. If it lands on one, it's me. If it lands on two, it's Arthur. Three, it's Mike. And four, it's Camilla. So let's do it. Okay. It's time to roll the dice. And the number is three. Three. Mike. Ah. Oh crap.
2: <laughs> okay. How much Mike, time? Have we- <laughs> you have twenty-one
3: seconds as soon as I
2: say go. All right. Okay. Yes. Go. So the brothers go home and they have a guest, and on the way they meet a doctor, it used to be like this this other alchemist, but he uh, he has like a philosopher's stone, but it's not a real philosopher's stone, and they leave and they don't kill him, but he's probably killed by lust in the end. And then they go back and then they like wait three days and then they leave with new stuff. <phone rings> 19 <laughs>
3: seconds. Wow. Very uh, good. <laughs> you got onto it. Yeah, this, is a, this was a very interesting episode because last week Arthur, you talked a lot about how the episodes are going to become more serialized. This was very much like a table setting episode. I'm, I'm going to come out and say just I, I love this episode.
1: No, this, <laughs> this episode is great. is great. Just the right amount happened. because A lot happened in the beginning and in the end not a lot of plot happened. We got a lot of like character reveals and good thematics and stuff like that
0: yeah i have i have sort of a theory about this episode a thesis if you will go ahead which is that at the beginning when they're talking to dr marco there's this exchange and it basically it's when dr marco's like who the hell is this kid and armstrong says this man is a state alchemist and marco (laughs) says but he's only a child and that exchange is kind of the, the like, he's a state alchemist, but he's only a child, is kind of the main thematic driving force behind this episode. And it's almost split into two halves, where it's like, a state alchemist, but also a child. Huh. And the way it's uh, structured and paced sort of reflects that. It's very much a sort of two two very different halves that are playing into different facets of these characters' lives.
3: It also works as a very idyllic reminder of... This whole other side of Ed and Al's lives that we've only seen a fraction of up until now.
1: Them going back to Panako's?
3: Yeah, like Panaco and Winry and Rinsenbul and the life they left behind on their pursuit of the Philosopher's Stone. Despite
1: their best efforts, they do have a place to come back to. Uh, they yeah. do have a home to come back to. Like Even though they burned down their house, they have Panaco and Winry. So I thought, I thought that was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, and I think the, the burning down the house is this tragic metaphor and them trying to give themselves this drive. There is this simultaneous relief in having a home and having these people who care about them to come back to and their fear that that will make them complacent or them not wanting to get too comfortable while they're back there visiting right. and being antsy and wanting to leave.
1: I, I love Al telling like Panaco and Winry how grateful he is while Ed is sleeping. Yeah, like Ed would never tell them. It, it's just such a—he's such a sweet metal metal boy.
0: <laughs> and there's some real fun with Al in the first half of the episode oh, where yeah, he's just in I the was crate. About to say
3: that. Yeah, the box.
0: He's friends with the sheep now on the train.
2: Um, no, I liked it. I thought it was like a. It felt like you know when you're playing D and D and you do an episode where everyone's just hanging out in town, buying yeah. stuff and talking about their backstories, you know,
3: <laughs> it actually
2: felt a lot like that. <laughs> <laughs> and I like those, those are, those are the, some of the most fun. Cause then, you know, it's Camilla was saying, that's like a character episode where you really get into like who these guys are and, and, you know, when they're not working <laughs> and it's, yeah, I like Al, Al with his bird, looking at the bird. You know, Ed impatient, even though, even though she gets them out of there in three days, he's like, Well, can we do it in a week? And she's like, Three days. Are you kidding me? So even, even though every, it's not even, they're not even there a long time, it feels like they are there a long time. And I thought it was really cool. Mm-hmm.
0: And Winry and Ed's relationship is, is sort of an important one within the context of the series as a whole. And
2: mm-hmm.
0: Winry's perspective as one of a few kind of young people. Who have their own view of this adult world that they're starting to travel through. Like her she's she's sort of an important character or becomes one. And that's sort of what I remembered about this episode. And actually watching it, she really doesn't spend that much time with the brothers. She mm-hmm. sort of shows up, throws a wrench, and then is like, okay, I gotta go work.
2: But I have a question about the rules. I'm Let, let's poof up the board to just I'm sorry so to just throw run. this down. I'm throwing, yeah. this, I'm throwing this out there. I want answers. Earlier, they fix radio. Like two episodes mm-hmm. ago, they fix a radio with alchemy. They put all the pieces of the radio in the alchemy circle or the transmutation circle, and then flash of light, and the radio's fixed. Why can't they do that with Ed's arm? Because, because Ed... Terrible. Well, also, Ed needs his arm in order to do alchemy.
3: But can't oh. someone else do it? Well, I'll also lost his other arm. Well, I mean, I feel like the the way they establish it is they can do that to a radio because a radio's mechanics are simple, but they can't do that to the automail because Ed doesn't really know how automails work in the inside. Oh. Mm-hmm.
0: It's also There's... connected to his nerves. So if you yeah. mess it up, it's, it's oh, yeah. higher stakes, I think.
3: It feels really <laughs> cool. It's really cool to me how they have this contrast between alchemy is instant. Automail... In Winry's side, it's this slow job that, like, she has to focus on it and she has to go in for the gears and she has to take care of your little part. It shows that, like, even in this world where alchemy can fix everything to a certain degree, there are things that alchemy can't do. It's a contrast between
1: Ed's personality, too, who's so impatient. Of course, he's more suited to alchemy. Winry is more suited to very deliberate, patient art.
3: (laughs) If I could say on that subject of interesting little things, Marco here is kind of like he reminded me of those like gas station owners and farmers who warn the teenagers in horror movies like don't go to the cabin in the woods. <laughs> he's basically that character because he's just like, OK, listen, if you want to go there, I'll give you the clues, <laughs> but you really should not. This, like, it'll suck. You will yeah, not it like did, it.
2: Does it involve like mass human sacrifice? You're gonna find out. I mean, it obviously does, right? <laughs> like, We're not gonna clearly, tell you, like <laughs> it's clearly like they're gonna find out that in order to get one of these things, you have to kill literally everyone else. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's the way it works.
0: Or uh, how great is it that Armstrong is just along for all of this?
3: Oh my god, yes. Oh, oh my god,
1: this is a great Armstrong episode. Yes. Probably one of the reasons why I love this episode so much is he's just around being strong. And delightful. <laughs> he's
2: delightful. He's so good.
0: I love that a character as sort of is silly and, and sort of initially cartoonish as him is allowed to sort of be a presence in the story so much, and also that he's allowed to have depth and growth and serious moments and to be a very genuine person. I feel Mm -hmm. that way about Pinako too. Um, Just these characters with these really silly designs and your first instinct is not to take them very seriously as characters because of that. And there's a whole scene that's just a really grounded, lovely conversation between them.
3: Yeah, I like that there's room for that. I love that conversation between them. I just want to talk a little bit about the (laughs) setting of Risenbull And, The author, Hiromu Arakawa, she was raised on a farm, and she has great respect for farmers. One of her other mangas is an autobiographical uh, story about people learning to be farmers and studying to be farmers. And you can see that seeping into Risen Bull.
0: It's something that I really like about the writing in this series, and I think it's something that's very important to Arakawa, is that even though the story is sort of these characters with larger-than-life powers having these huge battles about the philosopher's stone and tampering with human life, that there's always a lot of care um, afforded to and a lot of valorization of just hard work Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and people being excellent at what they do. I think there's a lot of series where a character who's a farmer in this town or someone like Winry, who is sort of a, fills sort of a civilian medic role almost in their lives could be rushed under the rug in favor of what's going on with these strong boys. Ooh. And <laughs> the care taken with Ed going through Resonable and saying hi to the farmers or the care of the sequence where Ed is watching Winry work there's there's a lot of uh, patience and attention there that I think really flushes out the world.
2: Even the Wenry's tools, I was like, noticing, like, they're just uh, there's a lot of detail, and it feels like a world. <laughs> it feels real.
3: Anime production can turn to many cost-saving tricks. Like, suddenly you can't see a character's mouth, or they're too far away, where you don't have to really animate them talking. So whenever you see something detailed in an anime, your mind kind of goes, okay, what's this? And it's very interesting what they choose to put that detail on. They choose to put mm-hmm. it on Winry's work. Yeah,
2: that's cool. That's yeah. Really, that's really nice. Now
0: it's, now it's making me think of the, the line in Lady Bird about sort of where you put your attention is where your love is. Right. And yeah. I think there's, there's a lot of love in this series and it's spread around in really interesting places.
3: I think it's time for everyone's favorite segment. Mikey at the bat? <laughs> I'm ready. This is the moment in the podcast where Mike guesses what's going to happen in the next episode using only the name of the next episode.
2: And everything that you reveal subconsciously.
3: Yes, (laughs) everything you can get from us without us saying. And, oh my God, this is going to be... Okay, Mike, the name of the next episode is Hidden Truths. Mm. What do you think is going to happen?
2: Well, I think Hidden Truths is all about finding truths that are not easy to find hidden truths. And I think that they're going to go to the library in Central and they're going to look for this book in the library and they're going to basically look at every single book and it's not going to be the book they wanted. And somehow at the end, they will find that the book or whatever it is, 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 is hidden in plain sight this whole time. That's what I think. That's my, that's my prediction.
1: We have to uh, put some limitations in what we consider to be right. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) because like if hidden truths are found, (laughs) we cannot count that as
3: Mike being right. (laughs) I think that could. The characters
0: (laughs) will grow and change as their
2: quest furthers. I should have said that.
3: I should have said that. You should say. You should say something like Al reveals that he actually uh, knows how to play the tuba.
2: The th- cool. the theme song will start. <laughs> <laughs> but will it end?
3: All right. So now it's time for us to give this episode our grades. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give this episode a four. I'll be giving solid fours. I think these episodes have been really solid and this one. It was equally solid. It was equally fun. Uh, but thinking of what Mike said, that like a five-star episode is a rarity, I'm going to hold back my five and give this a four give mine a four and a half uh i love this
1: episode and i just think it's really well structured and it's like comprised of like two kind of 11 minute segments which is like basically the length of like a film sequence it's like one unit of story is 11 minutes and uh the first section I, i like a lot and the second section i love and it just has a lot of colonel armstrong so many great moments. There's a a dog with a auto leg.
3: Oh my God. I was saving that. that. I I was going to mention that that too. I forgot about the dog.
1: Yeah. I wrote down here,
3: Rockbell
0: family dog is a great dog.
1: Yes. It's such a great dog. And that is enough to bump it up at least like a full half star. (laughs) Uh, So that's, that's my rating.
0: I, let's see it's interesting because I've gone back and watched some episodes but not not as many in the grand scheme of things and so I would probably give it four stars I I really like what's going on in this episode I think I generally agree with Arthur that the first half has some good stuff and the second half is really really special I love what it's setting up I think it's a little bit too disjointed and lack sort of the payoff that i would want an episode i gave five stars to to have but i really like what's going on
2: i was really thinking about this one because like i think that in a a weird way this episode i I think you got to save fives for like the episodes that put your jaw on the floor you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but but that's not what this episode would ever have been, even if you made it better somehow it couldn't it shouldn't be that. I feel like I'm gonna be thinking about this episode for many episodes to come that are probably gonna be like super fast and action packed and I'm gonna remember this as like my like deep breath before all that. so what I'm trying to say is that I don't think yeah. it sh- should be a five I think it's I think it is a four and it went and it meant to be a four, and it should always be a four and mm. and that's that's where i'm gonna keep my score. (laughs) And I meant to rhyme. He meant to rhyme everybody. Who says I didn't?
1: (laughs) Now it's time for what did we learn?
0: What did we learn? What did we
1: learn? Today Colonel Armstrong taught us a valuable lesson about expressions of male emotion. We shouldn't be ashamed to cry and flex our enormous muscles at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I just gotta say if that big beautiful man wants to come in for a hug, you hug him first, damn it!
3: You hug him first. So important check. Lus is here.
2: She is not on the phone.
3: Uh, She's got a cool fur coat. She is wearing a fur coat. <laughs> I wanted to point that out. It's like
2: she is. Yeah. Is it cold? No one else is wearing a coat. I mean, it's yeah. it's because of her cold, icy demeanor. But you think? You don't think she walked there, do you? <laughs> I, you, you do gotta wonder how she gets places, right?
0: I am <laughs> so curious. Because
1: most of the time she's just kind of there waiting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, like,
2: that's a scene that I do, I don't even want to see that scene.
1: Like, right she's now. like behind them, like on the train, like with a newspaper in front of her she's face. She's
0: doing Sudoku in the newspaper,
3: yeah. she's wearing a mustache. No, I'm actually Sir Lustifer from England. (laughs) Yeah, there's no England. (laughs) Damn it. Jumps out of the window. (laughs) (laughs) Camilla, thanks so much for coming. Thanks so much for being our guest. Can you tell our listeners where they can find your work? Yeah.
0: So I am an illustrator. And you can find a lot of updates about what I'm working on generally on Instagram. My handle is Camilla Strader because my name's Camilla and I'm an illustrator. So that's C A M I L L A S T R A T O R. I also am a trivia writer for the show Ask Me Another on NPR. So if you check that out on any given podcast, place, or radio of your choice, there's a chance that I wrote one of the games, but you won't know until they do the credits at the end. So just guess.
3: (laughs) And if you
1: want to, oh, and I'm going to. Phil yeah. well, for a second and say that she recently got a piece she illustrated uh, on the New Yorker.
2: Oh, yes, congrats! That's really and it's cool.
1: uh, and it's Animal Crossing themed and it's wonderful. So please look it up. The name of the piece is "Rejected Animal Crossing Villagers."
3: All right. If you want to keep up with everything that's going on in our podcast, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at fm analysts. That's fma analysts. You can follow us on our RSS feeds, Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, we're on everything. Just look for Foam Metal Analyst and you'll find us there. And until next episode, where we'll visit the hidden truths of the world, stay frosty, everyone. Can you just say it for me to make it better on the edit? Can you just say it, the name of the piece is rejected? Oh, yeah. And then you're going to see in the episode, it's going to seem like Arthur just said that spontaneously. Then in that case, give
2: give me a redo on Harry Log Alchemist. Jesus <laughs> <right>. <laughs> I, I, I thought you were going to take
0: the McDonald's bit and put that in the front for...
2: <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, do, just save me from that. Please. I'm, I'm going
3: <laughs> to definitely do that.
2: <laughs> like wait, let me think of something right now you can use. Nope, it's too late. No, wait. You, <laughs> can... <laughs> the... you can fall. Follow... You can <laughs> can't think of a goddamn thing. It's so crazy. The Spinning Ice Alchemist. <laughs> the skidding ice alchemist. <laughs> you can sorry. Follow... It's, it's really okay. It's
3: okay. It's okay. The See droopy
2: them. the droopy puddle alchemist. No, stop, stop. <laughs> <laughs> what is a drippy puddle alchemist?
0: The indoor plant alchemist. Yeah, yes,
1: I need him. The air conditioning <laughs> alchemist. My plant is wilting. <laughs> the
0: sourdough starter alchemist. Oh, sorry. yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. That's,
1: this but is he, quarantine alchemy.
3: But he just makes sourdough stars. So he actually doesn't make sourdough.
2: He just makes starters.
3: Just starters.
2: Right. No, then <laughs> you need the 350 degree oven alchemist the sea monkey alchemist you can start <laughs> sea monkeys without having to mail in sea monkey tickets now that's the gift.
3: <laughs> the hell is a sea monkey
2: oh, oh my god it's the worst i don't i, <laughs> See, <laughs> I was going to start
0: to try to answer that but i realize i don't know
1: yeah, okay. they're little they're little See, brine shrimp right Yeah, Those... sea monkeys are brine shrimp and you get <laughs> you'd get a kit uh and they were actually